Hello and welcome. Today we're talking about how Premier is helping you succeed in a value-based reimbursement world. I'm your moderator, Leslie Lane. In this series, we're talking about Premier Health Plan, a health insurance company that Premier Health created to live into the system's vision to build healthier communities and healthier people. Today, we'll start to explore how Premier Health Plan helps you help your patients to be healthier. With me today are Dr. Jerry Clark, Chief Medical Officer and President of Premier Health Group, the physician network serving Premier Health Plan. We are glad you're with us. Thank you. Great to be here. And Dr. Todd Kepler, Medical Director of Premier Health Group. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Leslie, for that introduction. I will ask Dr. Clark to start us off. The principle at work here in helping people be healthier is population health management. What do you mean by that term, population health management, and why is it so important to patients and to the broader community? Well, that's a great question. So there are many definitions of population health that are out there. We at Premier Health have, have branded our own, and basically we define it as incentivizing a population to better understand their health risks and to take better care of themselves and giving them the tools to be able to do so, to be able to better self-manage their illnesses, to prevent chronic illnesses from developing. I think uh, a conversation of population health also has to involve the providers. Uh, And so we at Premier Health are very integrated. Um, Our alignment and our relationships with our provider network, the physicians in the Premier Health Group network, are very, very critical to all this. Working as as an integrated team, we give the providers resources to better help manage their patients, like for example, with nurse care advisors and pharmacists and dietitians, social workers, uh, those kind of resources that, that normally a primary care physician wouldn't be able to afford to do on their own. And then helping them with transparent data reporting to understand their populations so that that care team uh, at the provider's office can then reach out to that population that they take care of and help achieve all those things that we just talked about. And I think we're going to get into some of that detail. But you did mention um, creating a clinical brand. And I'm wondering if you mean like, you know, Nike has a swoosh and a just do it kind of brand. So tell us more about the brand. Well, we are, we are attempting to brand this population, um, this health that we provide and all the resources that I just mentioned and call it support for healthy living. And with a logo that we've attached to that brand, we hope that slowly over time that both the community uh, as well as the physicians and other providers in our, in our community now recognize that. And when they see that attached to a particular individual patient, they'll know that that patient has access to all the resources that I was talking about. Well, so sadly, there is no video portion to this program, so I, we really can't show that to you. But you said they will see it attached to the patient. I'm just I'm wondering where will our listeners physically see that brand? Where does it show up? So to effectively uh, manage folks nowadays in a truly integrated, a clinically integrated health system, we are very reliant upon the electronic health record. And I think both 
providers as well as the community now realizes the importance of the electronic health record as it integrates all of the providers that take care of them throughout the health system, whether that be specialists or primary care physicians. Even our own population health resources that I mentioned use the electronic health record. In our case, in Premier Health's case, many of our providers are using EPIC so that a, that a patient knows that when, no matter who they see, Within the health system that the providers have access to their entire medical record and that's where the logo would appear and be attached to the patient so there that on the screen on there's the, screen, the little the little support for healthy living logo that's correct. so watch for that okay great thank you so within this branded suite of services for patients there are actually a number of distinct clinical programs that are tailored to specific needs i understand so dr kepler can you um, give us a brief look at what those programs are and and where they are appropriately used. So we have multiple discrete programs, as you mentioned, Leslie. And the way I like to look at these is on a continuum. So if you imagine a number line starting at zero on the left-hand side, that would be a patient that requires little uh, attention. And on the far right-hand side, Um, where the number might meet infinity might be the most complex patient. So on this uh, continuum of care, we end up meeting the patient where they're at. The patient that doesn't require a lot of services, of course, doesn't need a lot of intervention, but of course the patient that is very complex needs a lot more uh, support. So on that left-hand side, we would start with proactive care. Proactive care is reaching out to patients uh, with reminders, maybe education about preventative kinds of services that they need. This might be a young woman who needs a pap smear, for instance, or maybe somebody who needs a flu shot or a tetanus booster. Next on that continuum would be condition care. This would be a patient that has a specific condition. Those particular conditions are asthma, diabetes, heart disease, heart failure, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And we offer education and support for those patients to better understand their condition and to better self-manage their problems. The third intervention that we have is complex care. These are patients that are very complex, have multiple conditions. They might have multiple medications that they are taking. And for these patients, we have involvement from the medical director, RN care advisors, pharmacists, dietitians, and social workers. And everyone works together in order to help deliver the health care that that patient needs. A large part of this, again, is self-care management. So we try to educate the patient on ways that they can better adhere to their medications and take care of themselves through adherence measures, dietary support, and physical activity. Then we have advanced illness care. These would be patients that have very advanced illnesses, more end-of-life or markedly advanced situations. This might be somebody who has end-stage lung disease, somebody that has end-stage congestive heart failure could involve somebody that might have some cancerous condition. 
And for these patients, we have a lot of the support that I mentioned before, but we also will have support in the way of family support and caregiver support. Then we also have catastrophic care. This would be the person that maybe was in a major automobile accident or perhaps they've had a major disabling stroke. They've been in in intensive care for a period of time. And these patients need quite a bit of care as well. And we have a specialist who helps the patient and the family maneuver through the various levels of care that they need. In that mix, we also have two other programs. One is the emergent care program. These are patients that end up in the emergency department or in the urgent care center multiple times for problems that don't require emergent care. And so we have a care advisor that reaches out to them to make sure, number one, that they have access to primary care services, and number two, to help educate the patient the appropriate place of service for the problems that they're having. And then finally, we have transition care. Transitions are a very important part of the healthcare continuum but also a time when our patients are the most vulnerable. And these would be patients that have been in the hospital for an acute care visit, or maybe they've been in skilled nursing, or they've been in a long-term acute care hospital, and then they are being discharged to home. That can be a very trying time for both the patient and the family, and what we do is help manage that patient through that transition. So the place where they are residing is a safe place for them. It sounds like you have all the bases covered. (laughs) I would like to think we do. It it sounds like it. Well, in our upcoming podcasts, we will talk about the programs in more detail. But I would like to ask you, Dr. Clark, to help us understand the broad ways these programs help patients. So if if you listen to the common denominator across all the different models of care, what you start to hear increasingly, and this is what we advocate with Premier Health Plan and Premier Health Group, is a refocus of the design of care delivery here in Southwest Ohio to this team-based family and patient-centered approach to care. And so these models, what you hear, you're hearing better coordination of care, better communication, better what we call patient activation and empowering patients to not be intimidated by the health system because we we have a huge health system out there, Um, not to be intimidated by it, how to communicate with a physician and help educate them about all the resources that are available to them. That leads to a more engaged patient and family. It leads to not only a healthier patient, in other words, better managed if you have chronic disease, but again, going back to the Uh, comments I made about wellness, about keeping them healthy and preventing illness. So I think this leads to just a a happier community, if you will, a better sense of well-being as well as health. I am hearing the concept of care advisor. I think you have both mentioned that. And I wonder, Dr. Kepler, it sounds like that's a really important element in this new way of helping patients be healthier. So what is a care advisor and and what is that person's role on this team because even though you say you know it's a complex health system now we've kind of 
we've got this team. Help me understand how these people fit together. So Care Advisor, let's start there. That is an important part of our program, Leslie. Care Advisor is an RN who has specialty training, if you will, in order to assist patients with complex health care needs. And the Care Advisor really meets the patient where they're at. Many times in the past, the healthcare system has not really done that. A patient uh, comes in with certain ideas, certain thoughts, certain healthcare conditions, and the healthcare team has just prescribed um, a certain treatment and then sent the patient home with that prescription. And then the patient is kind of lost in the, in the murk of, of everything that needs to be done in order to be able to reach the healthcare status they would like to reach. So the healthcare advisor really meets that patient where they're at and then helps that patient maneuver through the various parts of the healthcare system, bringing in people such as pharmacists, social workers, dietitians. They help uh, teach the patient self-management skills, educate the patients regarding their medications, their healthcare conditions, and they really attempt to uh, improve the health status for the patient as defined by the patient. Well, speaking as someone who has had to coordinate my own care and my parents' care, that sounds like an amazing resource. So I have to ask, uh, how much does that cost? Is there an additional cost to me for using that? That is a great question, and there is no additional cost for using the care advisors. We identify these patients and make those services available to the patients at no cost. That is part of the uh, insurance program we have. Great. So that sounds fine, again, for coordinating, but you've talked about very complex care. So, Dr. Clark, if a patient develops, I mean, these really serious complex health issues, Is there a support for healthy living program for these patients? There is, and we have several different models that can focus on those folks who are very, very ill. You know, one one comment I might make is we talk about all the resources we can provide the providers and help the patients, and the fact that there's no cost, and it might strike you that, well, my goodness, there has to be a cost to that. And I wanted to emphasize that we're creating value because if we improve uh, the management of chronic disease and help the patient achieve that management in a lower cost setting and improve their outcomes, you're creating value. If you can prevent somebody who may be at risk of developing chronic disease like hypertension or diabetes, the savings are incredible. And so, you know, all this that we talk about with population health, what we're trying to do is bend the cost curve. And so if we can help modify or uh, stun that incredible increase in, co- in healthcare cost spending that we see in this country every year, value's created, and it's through those savings that funds these programs, and that's why we offer it at no cost oh, to the patient. Okay, good connection. So you're and you're talking about savings both to me, the patient, and and the system. That's correct. Excellent. So, caring for a loved one who has a serious illness is a tremendous load on a family or or caregiver. Let's face it. So, we've talked a lot about supporting the patient, Dr. Kepler. Do your programs support 
those overstressed families and caregivers too? We do help support those uh, families that, that are giving the much needed care our patients need. We do that in trying to meet their needs as well. So identifying the needs of the caregiver uh, in relation to the needs of the patient. And then we bring those various services in through our care advisors to make sure that those services are provided. Same deal, no cost. That is correct. To to give you an example of how far outreaching we are, it could be something as simple yet complicated as getting transportation to a needed specialist office. We may have a patient uh, who is being cared for by a caregiver, but they cannot get the patient to the much-needed appointment. So our social worker will reach out and make sure that we have that service available. As a user of the system, fabulous, thank you. But there are also those patients who really, really value their independence, and they want to be very involved in their own care. Dr. Clark, how do your programs help those patients to learn to manage what they can do on their own? So most of our programs actually have a component to them that is about patient activation and doing just as you described. And many of the programs we've talked about have to do with educating the patient about self-management so that they control their illness rather than their illness control them. And uh, so that's what we advocate for is independence. We want to help the, the members that we interact with, the patients, their families, to uh, achieve the highest level of independence that they can, given their situations. The other thing that we are doing all the time, in addition to our own programs, of course, in that whole spirit of coordinating care, is also educating the patients and families about all the resources that we have available in this community, which is quite rich, to, again, to maintain or achieve the independence that they desire for better quality of life. Excellent. I have one final question. As these support for healthy living programs become more ingrained in your patient care, what kind of long-term overall benefits do you anticipate? I think that, um, you know, the sum of all the activities that we're trying to do here with Premier Health Plan and Premier Health Group and Population Health, we think we can do it better. We have a better mousetrap. We are local. We are physician-led in what we do. So this is all, all these activities of population health that we've talked about and models of care, et cetera, are all really supported and designed with physician input, local physicians, physicians that take care of our patients. And I think what that does is produce a stellar result on controlling cost of care, about improving not only the health and well-being of of patients in this community or or people living in this community, but also that, you know, these savings, these total cost savings to the healthcare system helps our hospitals to survive, helps the patient's pocketbook as well, certainly, because of all the high-deductible healthcare plans that are out there. A lot of this this money is coming out of patients' pockets, so that improves their social economic situation. And I think in a higher level strategic goal, it also makes it a lower cost place to be an employer. That's what we are seeking to achieve in Southwest Ohio. So we can attract more employers to this community and help our community at large as well. All good things. 
Well, I want to thank you both for sharing your insights about Premier Health Plan and the Support for Healthy Living programs. Watch for the logo. We will talk about each one more in depth in podcasts to come, and I believe we'll focus next time specifically on complex care, and we hope you will tune in. So meanwhile, I would like to say thank you to Dr. Jerry Clark, Chief Medical Officer and President of Premier Health Group, and Dr. Todd Kepler, Medical Director of Premier Health Group. I'm your moderator, Leslie Lane, and thank you so much for joining us.